If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuning in the newest edition of the Punches MMA Podcast. It's your boy Dale Lippin in here. Trey is out for the evening, so I called an audible. When the boss is away, I will play fast and loose as I always do. Uh, I brought in a special guest. And for those of you that are OGs from way back in the day, I'm talking way back, 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 back into time. Nah, baby, nah, baby. It's my brother, my legitimate brother, one and only. Soup is joining us uh for the show tonight my man how are you it's been a long time since i've seen you we talk every day but i don't see you very often you're just as ugly as i remember how are you yes i'm good um i know last time you had to settle for john anik when trey was out but um i have you know graced you with my presence tonight you know what? uh, you got your number one draft pick filling in that's right you know here's the thing is like i decided I, i i really you know trey hit me up earlier in the day and said hey man i can't make the show and i was like do I try to throw a last second Hail Mary and get you or do I go with the sure thing and John Anik? And I shot mm. for the stars or I shot for the moon and I landed amongst the stars, as I guess is the phrase. And you've graced me with your presence. Not only did you do that, you did so wearing a punchless shirt. We didn't even plan yep. this. Yep. There we go. There we go. There it is. Yep. That super soft punchless shirt. If you guys aren't aware, those are made by a beautiful veteran owned all-American company, Allegiance Clothing. If you go to allegianceclothing.com, use promo code PUNCH. You can save 15% on the entire thing. You, a lot of people don't know this, but you had your driver's license picture taken wearing a punchless shirt. I did. Um, actually, the original shirt I put on was the Tombstone shirt, mm. but it's a size smaller than this, and I didn't want to flex on you, so I decided to go with the I rest. Understand. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Now, that is high honor. And, and a lot of people say, you know, will say flattering things to us, but there's not a lot out there that's more flattering than wearing a shirt for a driver's license picture because you've essentially immortalized that picture for what the next, what's Pennsylvania, four years, five years? I honestly, I have no idea. This one was, well, my last one was expired by a year and a half before I got this one taken. So, so you're driving around with an expired license for a year and a half. That's good. That's, that's about on the, the most, edge. That's about the most on brand <laughs> thing I can think of. That really is. So now, now that I've got you here, um, there's, dude, there's a ton of questions I want to ask you. I'm excited. I'm excited you're wearing the shirt. Um, you bought a Traeger last mm-hmm. year. Yes. Have you used it at all? Yes. Okay. What's your yeah, favorite? Right. What's your favorite thing to cook on your Traeger? Because we don't talk about food. We talk about a lot of things. We don't talk about food. What do you? What do you eat? What are you cooking on so, the Traeger? Um, we what I just broke it out a month ago, and I gave it you know the nice deep clean for the spring. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I've perfected um, my New York strip steaks on it. Okay. I've got them down to a science now, and I was extra- We had them last week on Tuesday. Awesome. And I was extremely satisfied. Okay. So I'm going to take I'm not your... an expert like you. I'm not making pork shoulders and okay. rotisserie chickens every single night. That's okay. I'm getting there. I'm, I'm working my way up. 
Well, here's the thing is this is what we got to do. We have to inspire you to elevated heights, right? To such great heights. And the only way to do that is we got to give you a higher quality meat. I know there's high quality meat in Pennsylvania, but it's not the quality that you get from the great state of Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, it's just the mountain West, right? They have some of the finest free range cattle, beef, chicken on the planet earth. And you can get that at State Classy Meats. If you go to stayclassymeats.com, use promo code FISH. You can save 10% on the entire thing. I'm going to talk to my boy, Scott, at Stay Classy. See if I can't get you a bigger discount than the 10%. Maybe 11%. I'm not making any promises, but I might be able to get you that 11% off. So just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right. Yeah, don't go out of your way and do anything for your brother. I mean, I won't. I will do nothing. That's asking a lot of you. I understand. I listen. <laughs> you can come visit me whenever you want. I'll let you stay here. Okay. You have a roof over. You can have a roof over your head whenever you want. All right. Let's talk about some of the things that happened this last weekend before we break down UFC 263. We can't spend a ton of time on it because UFC 263, if I'm not mistaken, is 15 fights, 14 fights, something like that. Um, so we got a lot to talk about and not a lot of time to do it. But I do want to talk about some of the things that we saw this weekend, right? So we saw a main event uh, heavyweight tilt between Yorzinho Rosenstrike versus Augusto Sakai that ended with one second left in the first round. Rosenstrike hit him with that death touch. Um what do we do with a guy like Rosenstrike, in your opinion? Because he's not good enough to beat the elite guys, but he's good enough to beat everybody else, it seems. I He's going to beat everybody in the weight class until he gets to the top three, and then he's going to get knocked back down, and I think that's just going to be the cycle of his career. So he's just a gatekeeper. So he's just a very yeah, talented gatekeeper. Part. Okay. I got you. We thought the we thought the same we thought the same thing about Derek Lewis for the longest time. But mm -hmm. Derek Lewis has made himself a little run here uh, and done so in electrifying fashion. Do we think, I think Derek, Derek Lewis has worked a lot on what his weaknesses were? Um, yeah. It looks as if his cardio has improved drastically, um, and it almost looks like he knows what he's doing slightly on his back. He doesn't look like a fish out of water. Um, so maybe that's I'm I, I don't know. He's just not panicking anymore, I think. Is right. Yeah, it's not panic wrestle. Right. Correct. Um, and then obviously the big story this weekend, Logan Paul taking on Floyd Mayweather. Uh, I, I'm going to talk about the Ocho Cinco fight for a second because I need my sound clip for this week. But we're not there yet. Let's talk about Logan Paul versus uh, Floyd Mayweather. I'm not going to give this a ton of time because I think things like this are stupid, but I'm also not a curmudgeon old man in the sense that Eyes on combat sports are good. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Rising tides raise all ships. I really think that this is good for the sport, although it is a spectacle. What what was your big takeaway from Paul versus Mayweather? May the, uh, Floyd was out there to get paid. Yes. Um, yes. Floyd was out there for a light workout, and mm -hmm. that's all it was. There's there's no doubt in my mind, and there there has been the cliff or the clip that surfaced. Um, when Floyd hits him with the right and then the the uppercut left and Logan Paul, I mean, it, it looks like he went to sleep and it looked like Floyd held him up. Mm -hmm. And I think Floyd, you know, kept him up. And even after the fight, Logan Paul said, he said, um, I think Floyd let me survive and I want to thank him for that. Um, but they, he was, they were both respectful at the end. Um, Logan Paul's much more tolerable than his brother. Sure. Jake Paul's an absolute clown. Yes. I would agree with that. I'd agree with that. Um, although I will say, I think Jake is the more talented of the two. Um, I think Jake's the more talented of the two. Logan's obviously the bigger one. Uh, mm -hmm. Logan said after the fight that he is a wrestler at heart, wants to try his hand at MMA. And lo and behold, Scott Coker just, dude, just 
waiting in the wings puts out a statement immediately after says he's got a home at Bellator if he wants it. What do you think the odds are that we see one of the Paul brothers, probably Logan, compete, let's say within the next year in MMA? I definitely think it's possible. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw CM Punk compete in the UFC. Sure. So I, I know that was like a two year developmental thing that we, right, we got there. Right. But Logan Paul, I mean, he's going to, he's going to sell, he's going to sell pay-per-views. He's going to sell seats hundred percent. He's got the social media following in today's day and age. It holds so much weight. Now, that being said, when he fought Floyd Mayweather, he couldn't weigh more than 193 pounds, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. So with a guy like that, uh, do you have him fight a 185-pounder, or do you hope he can cut weight to 170? Because i got to be honest with you, 185, 205, and heavyweight, no matter what league you're in, no matter what promotion you're in, is usually a murderer's row. And um, you had mentioned the tombstone thing earlier, right? Mm -hmm. Are you going to have – are you going to have Logan Paul's compete against the Taylor Johnson's of the world, the Gegard Mousasi's of the world? I, what do you do with a guy like that? You you can't feed him to a 185 pounder seasoned veteran mixed martial artist. Where do you where do you put that guy? Like that, he, he he wouldn't last 60 seconds. Yeah. Um, but then again, can I can you have him cut the 170? I don't think he can make one seventy. I mean, imagine he, exactly if he made one seventy, he would he'd look like uh, in the Dillashaw yeah. with the. I mean, his eyes would be sunk in his head. Yeah, it so, would I mean, be a nightmare. So I mean, what do you put him up against Ed Ruth and just tell him that Ed can't punch him? Ed Ruth would drag him <laughs> with a rag doll. That's, I don't know what Are you, you do with the guy. Me? I don't. That's oh. the thing is, I think that the I think the skill disparity, right? Everybody's like, why are MMA fighters going to boxing and boxing, right? And everybody wants to talk about the new who's the new who's the best boxer in MMA. I got news for you. If you're interested in the argument of who the best boxer in MMA is, there's this really fucking cool sport called boxing, and you should watch that <laughs> if that's what your concern is, because. Yep. It's apples and oranges. They are not the same thing. So to say, oh, who's the best boxer in MMA? That is a just an error-filled, silly argument to try to create dialogue, I, sp I suppose, because it's not the same thing. The strategy is different. The stance is different. The results are different. The volume is different. Everything is different. They are not comparable in any way. And it makes more sense for an MMA fighter to go and compete in boxing than it does a boxer to come compete in MMA. And we see this, and the reason why I'm saying this is because we're transitioning into this. Clarissa Shields is fighting this Thursday on PFL. We're talking probably the most decorated female boxer of all time is making her professional MMA debut for the PFL this week. How do we think Clarissa's going to do? Because I have severe reservations about what we're going to see on Thursday. All right. Who's she fighting? Uh, let me see. I'll pull this. I'll, I'll pull this. Yeah. Brittany Elkin. I'm, She's okay, fighting. Now, Go ahead. If Brittany Elkin has any sort of wrestling or jujitsu jiu background, it's I, I see it ending poorly for Clarissa Shields. Okay. I mean, I just don't. I don't understand how you have. It's mixed martial arts versus one martial <laughs> art. You right. know what I'm saying? Sure. I just. I don't know. Now my, my thing with my my thing with Brittany Elkin is this right is her last 
she, she has not fared well as a mixed martial artist, right? She's not very good, if we're being completely honest. She's not particularly great. As a professional mixed martial artist, she's three and five, okay, as, as an MMA fighter. That being said, the last year or so, she's only been doing professional grappling events. So that's the whole thing that she's been focusing on is grappling for the last year. If I'm Clarissa Shields, I'm looking at this going, this girl isn't even going to try to throw hands with me. She's going to try to take me down. So I don't really know wh what we have here. I fe this feels like this feels like the makings of a Kimbo Slice versus versus Seth Petrozelli style fight. That's what this feels like. This feels like Kevin Ferguson versus Seth Petrozelli, where all things point to murder, and somebody's going to shock the world doing something that they never should have done. Allah, my man. What, what was it? The gorilla? What did Seth Petrozelli call himself? Was it the yeah. gorilla? Yeah, the gorilla. gorilla Seth Petrozelli <laughs> knocking out Kimbo, which effectively sunk. Was it XFC? I don't think it's mm -hmm. going to sink the PFL. Obviously, it won't if Brittany Elkin beats Clarissa Shields. But this is a huge step backwards, uh, not only for Clarissa Shields' career if she loses, but also the idea of professional boxers being able to compete in the MMA landscape, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's just gonna be, it's tough. It's it's like you said, it's a it's a much easier, not easier, but it makes much more sense for a mixed martial artist to go to boxing than it does for a boxer to come to the M to, to the MMA world. Gotcha. I would agree. Um, real quick, as far as Bellator is concerned, because we talked about Bellator, um, Taylor is not fighting on Friday. Those of you that were waiting for him to fight on Friday, his fight date actually got pushed to June 25th. He'll be on that card. Uh, with an opponent yet to be determined. The guy cannot keep an opponent scheduled. Uh, everybody that they schedule in the fight ends up dropping out. So uh, it's something to keep in mind there. And if you guys listened to the um, Dober interview last last week, um, where he talked about up-and-coming fighters out of Team Elevation, Taiwan Claxton fights on the upcoming Bellator card this weekend. So be sure to check him out. All right, man. You want to get? You want to start breaking down some fights? You want to break down mm -hmm. some freaking fights? I know you were doing your homework. I'm excited for it. Um, you usually come at me with some pretty off the wall stats that I'm not. I'm usually never prepared for. I know them in my heart, but I don't know. I can't <laughs> recall them the way you do. So this is going to be great. All right, Paul Craig at 14-4 and one taking on. I'm going to go with Jamal because for some reason my tongue will not let me throw the extra A in there. The Jamahal, Jamahal. Yeah, Hill. Jamel Hill. Yeah, Jamel we'll, we'll we'll do that. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll do that. My man Paul Craig, the Bear Jew. Even though I don't even know if he's Jewish or not, I think maybe he just likes the name. Is a plus two forty dog taking on Jamal Hill at a minus three hundred over under on rounds here. Soup is at one and a half, minus one fifteen. Both sides of that one and a half. To your note, um, actually, I don't want to steal a stat from you because you said it, to, said it to me offline. I'll let you lead in with this one, man. What do you got, Paul Craig, Jamal Hill? So this, so this is our what, first fight of the main card. First fight of the main um, card. And this will be the first fight of the night that is actually favored to finish inside the distance. Um, the, the prelims and the early prelims, with the amount of fights on this card, plus, um, you know, if the odds are correct, we could be in for quite a long night. Uh, we have three five-round fights to end the night, plus some, some fights that are going to go the distance. Um, I don't – so Paul Craig's last win was against Shogun, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know how, I mean, yes, the name looks great, but a 39 year old Shogun, I don't know how impressive that is. Right. Um, but at the same time, Jamil Hill beat a washed up old OSP in his last ooh, fight. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm not an OSP fan. You're, oh so. man. <laughs> okay. But at a minus 300, I don't feel comfortable taking a young fighter. Um, at a minus 300 like that. I, I don't see any value in betting that. If I have to pick a winner here, it would be Jamil Hill, but at a minus 300, I don't see any value in, in betting him. Yeah. So, a couple, I mean, obviously the path to victory for Paul Craig is, is is laid out. People know what he needs to do to win the fight, and that's to get it to the ground. Um, a guy like Jamal Hill is going to try to maintain distance. Keep in mind, we're in the full-size octagon this time. Mm-hmm. We're no apex. Uh, we're got a full crowd in front of us, and, you know, if OSP's washed up, that's probably news to OSP. But here's the thing. <laughs> Jamal Hill went out there and he finished him. He finished him mm-hmm. and he finished him in devastating fashion. Um, that was a pick where I was on the OSP side. I liked the grizzled veteran against the young up-and-comer. And Jamal Hill went out there and put on an absolute clinic against OSP. He had his moments where he looked like he might be in trouble. Uh, but he went out there and ultimately got the job done. Paul Craig finds ways to win fights, right? He's one of those guys that you... You want to count him out every time. He's perennially the underdog in just about every fight that he's in. And he freaking finds ways to win, which is frustrating um, if you're going against him, right? But if you're on him, you love it. The path to victory for Paul Craig is very easy. you got to get Hill to the ground, and you got to submit him. You're not going to win a stand-up battle. You're not going to win it. And a couple things that I want to pay attention to this is Paul Craig is notoriously fiery, Right? Always comes in loud, boisterous, energy, big personality, much like an Iwan Kutalaba. He always wants to bring the fight to you. Always wants to try to get in your head. Nobody's done that to Jamal Hill yet. We don't know how he's going to react to that. Will that cause him to fight in a negative fashion? Empty the gas tank early, swing too heavy, whatever the case may be. Um, Things like that, Paul Craig's going to be playing the mind games. He is an older guy. He is smart. He is weathered. He's a veteran. It's not the first time that he's fought somebody with better stand-up. Not the first time he's fought somebody that's faster. Damn sure in the first time that he's fought anybody that's supposed to kick the shit out of him. Paul Craig's been here before. Jamal Hill has not. Be interested to see if the experience of Paul Craig pays dividends. For my money, this is dog or pass. I'm not even throwing Hill into a parlay. It's too sketchy of a play. I have no desire to put him in there whatsoever. Dog or pass over on or arounds at one and a half. I will say if you like Hill, play the under one and a half. If you like Paul Craig, play the over one and a half or take him straight money line. That's mm-hmm. it. Don't don't get cute with this. Dog or pass. Yeah. Boom. I agree with that. I was gonna say the over one and a half as well. Um, because like you said, like if if Paul Craig wants to win this fight. It will have to go to the ground, and that just spells a recipe for an over. Because yeah. we're not, we're not. If he does take him down, we're not going to see Jamal Hill, you know, submit him from his back. It's dead. That's very, very, very unlikely. For sure, for sure. I, I honestly, if I could get super cute with this, like just to be as cute as possible, I love the idea of Paul Craig submission, like with a head and arm choke, like a standing head and arm choke. They're up against the cage. Hill gets too crazy. Just for whatever reason, he grabs an arm. Just saying, I don't know, just in my mind, super cute. I don't know. Anyway, all right, let's see here. You know what's crazy, too, is Paul Craig t- says, like, when Buffer announced him, that he's a kung fu fighter. How ridiculous is that? The, the kung fu bear Jew. 
the Kung Fu Bear Jew. That's 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 a better <laughs> nickname than just regular Bear Jew. I need Kung Fu Bear Jew. That's a great. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. All right, next fight on the main card: Damian Maya taking on Bilal Muhammad. Damian Maya at a plus one ninety five. Bilal Muhammad at a minus 235 over under on rounds is at two and a half. Yet again, another one favor to go decision. Bilal Muhammad at 18 and three soup. Damian Maya at 28 and 10. This might be the last hurrah for Damian Maya. I don't necessarily think that uh, after the domination he's about to receive from Bilal Muhammad, he's going to have much left to offer the UFC outside of this. What are your thoughts? I'm going the fight to go the distance. Um, I Damian Maya, what it's so have either one of them had an impressive like an impressive win in the past four years? Um, I mean it, it depends on what you're what you're deeming to as be far impressive. As, as far as opponent goes, honestly, I was very impressed. I was impressed with um Bilal Muhammad beating Lyman Good. I'm big okay. on Lyman Good. I like Lyman but Good a lot. Damian I was Damian Maya beat Lyman Good too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Bilal Muhammad beat my boy, actually our boy Tim Means, and you, we, you, you and I love some Dirty Bird. <laughs> we love some Dirty Bird. So yeah, uh, wins that I'm impressed with from Bilal Muhammad, Lyman Good, and Tim Means. Even though the Tim Means win was a split decision. Go ahead. Sorry. So, so Damian Maya is has notoriously good takedown defense. Correct. Yeah, and I mean, Bilal yeah. Muhammad has been as of his last five fights miserable at taking people down mm. um i yeah uh so stat for you six of 43 in takedown attempts in his last five fights Bilal muhammad six of 43 six of 40 you would never think it would you? i would not know the six visual in my mind is that he takes everybody down but he yeah so successful takedown attempts six of 43 he's at a 26 percent clip uh on a, in his ufc career at takedowns okay um i can see i i just i my gut is the over two and a half. I mean, if you want to play it to go the distance to get a little bit better odds, but I've got over two and a half at a minus one seventy to go the distance. I think it's a minus one thirty-five. Um, I like the over in this fight. I think it's going to be slow. I think it's going to be boring. This will be a fight that I go make a plate of nachos. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying. I'm trying to look back and think. The last time that Bilal Muhammad got a win by finish was ground and pound against Augusto Montano. In 2016, so maybe he'll, maybe he'll turn back the clock almost a year to the day. Actually, um, whenever he fights Damian Maya, that was it in January, June 17th, 2016. Um, is the last time that Bilal Muhammad finished a guy in the cage. Well, didn't he finish Takashi Soto? Oh, did he? Did I miss that? I think he did. I think. Oh, I yeah, it's right. Like- a rear naked choke. I stand corrected. Never mind. Let me shut my mouth. Let me shut my mouth. He, he did. He finished Takashi Sato. You're absolutely right. Um, again, another dogger pass for me. This is going to be a broken record throughout the night because these are so lopsided. I am actually willing to consider Bilal Muhammad as a parlay piece here. Um, I feel confident in his ability against Damian Maya. I don't necessarily think that he's going to get submitted. Uh, I think that he's strong enough, and I think that he puts enough pace on a guy like Maya that he can actually get it done without – you know, real threat of submission. Damian Maya's gas tank has been lackluster at best. I'm trying to be as complimentary as I can. It's not a great gas tank. It's really not. Um, and Bilal Muhammad is known for pushing a pace, right? It, 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 it's exactly that. He's going to go out there. He's going to try to push a pace. Whether he gets the takedowns or not, I'm interested to see, now that I know that stat, whether or not 
Damian Maya allows the takedown to happen and invites him down. We've seen that with Damian yeah. Maya before. Well, he will invite you to the ground because he wants to be there. So does Bilal Muhammad forego the takedown heavy approach, forego the clinch heavy approach, and just try to stay at range and throw hands? So that's it. That, that that's an interesting dynamic that we may see. I'm not necessarily sold on it. I really think that this is going to be a, a ugly clinch heavy affair once they get nice and sweaty. I don't anticipate this fight. Like you said, uh, this is the, the play to Nacho's fight, which is saying a lot. Um, I would lean Bilal Muhammad here, might throw him in with a parlay, uh, but we'll see. I'm not I'm not overly happy with it. But like you said, over on rounds at two and a half. I love the over. A Bilal Muhammad over is like, well, a Bilal Muhammad <laughs> over is like the used to be Kamara Usman over. now, But, yeah. but now Kamara Usman decided he wants to freaking finish everybody. So now we don't have that option anymore. Um, but Bilal Muhammad is the male Caitlin Chukagian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to give you these. So his fight against Diego Lima, he was one for 10 on takedowns. Uh, his fight against Lyman Good, he was two for eight. His fight against Jeff Neal, he was 0 for seven. Um, and then his fight against Takashi Sato, he was two for nine. I love it. I love it. So, yeah, I mean, it's, and you wouldn't think it, but yeah. Okay. I'm a big fan. All right. Let's move on to the fight where we're probably going to lose m- most of the people that like our show. Uh, and well, here's the thing, right? As I, I've said this enough, there, there's no, there, 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 if you're new here, welcome to the I Hate Nate Diaz show. Um, mm. Nate Diaz is taking on Leon Edwards. Nate Diaz at a plus 325. Leon Edwards at a minus 475. Over under rounds at four and a half. Minus 115 on the over under at four and a half here. Here's the thing. Every book I can find has us at four and a half. I can't remember why they're doing a five-round fight here. Is this like something that Nate Diaz worked into his contract because he knows that's the best way that he has a chance to win a fight is to fucking outlast people because he's not going to outstrike him. He's not going to outgrapple him. He's not going to outwrestle him. Does Nate Diaz contain in his body a higher skill set in the realm of Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Yes. But is he strong enough, fast enough, or savvy enough to use any of it? Absolutely not. I do not like Leon Edwards either, but I like Nate Diaz 100 times uh, less or whatever, than I like Leon Edwards. Nate Diaz, and I'm going to say this, and you guys can hate me if you want, fucking sucks. He has not been good in years. In years. He was never well, an he elite. Hasn't, he hasn't fought in two he years. Is not, he was never an elite lightweight. He has never been an elite welterweight. He is not good at all. He only fares well whenever the styles make the fight. That's it. When you put him against anybody that is even remotely well-rounded, he looks so amateur and outclassed, it's unbelievable that he's as popular as he is. People buy into the hype that he needs to be popular, one, because he beat Conor McGregor, and two, because he talks like he's got a mouthful of oatmeal and forgets where he came from, and he thinks that he's some sort of gangster. I don't care if you gangster this, gangster that, Stockton slap this, Stockton slap these nuts. I don't care. I don't think you're very good as far as mixed martial artists is concerned. Maybe you were years ago coming out of the ultimate fighter you were forced to be reckoned with, but every time the lights get bright with the exception of the Conor McGregor one fight, you have failed to rise to the occasion. I'm just going to go ahead and go scorched earth here because that's how I really freaking feel. And I'm not sugarcoating the shit for people anymore. Nate Diaz ain't good. His name gives him the rank. His name gives him the fights, not the skill, not the skill. If 
if Nate Diaz, if you take Nate Diaz's performances and skills and put him in the body of, say, Jared Gordon, Jared Gordon's getting cut. It's that simple. Jared Gordon's getting cut if he goes out there and performs and looks and acts and performs like freaking Nate Diaz does. But no, because it's fucking Jared Gordon or because it's Nate Diaz, they just let him do whatever he wants. He ain't good, bro. He's not good. There it is. Good. Sorry. Leon Edwards by murder. He's going to kick his whole left side of his face is coming off. Edwards, yeah. murder. Yeah, I mean, well said. <laughs> but, but, Nate Diaz beat your second favorite fighter in the UFC. Who? Well, not in the UFC no, anymore. Who? Showtime. Showtime's not my fucking out of here. Show, I don't like Showtime at all. Don't 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 do that. No 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 no. And here's the thing. Here's okay. I'm glad you brought that up. The only reason why he beat Showtime is because Showtime broke his hand and didn't want to fight anymore. Correct. Showtime was fucking him up prior to breaking his hand. He literally broke his hand on his face. That's how much he was getting hit. I hit you so much that my bones failed me. Come on, man. Yeah, grind that dude in the dust. Come on, Leon man. It's over with. He's going to pick him apart. He's going to pick him apart. The biggest the biggest fear when Leon Edwards fought Bilal Muhammad was the two years off, what kind of ring rust are we going to see? And Leon Edwards looked as sharp and as technical as he's ever looked. I mean, the guy was on point. Every single punch was quick. It was precise. And Nate Diaz and all that scar tissue is going to be leaking everywhere. This is the Nate yeah. Diaz color. This is the Nate Diaz limited edition punchless shirt because this is what his fight kit's going to look like when they're stretching him out of the cage, dude. It's over with, man. It's over. Yeah. It's over. And the, the line dictates that. Yeah, absolutely. If you wonder how this fight's going to go, go back to the BMF title when Masvidal kicked him flush across the face. Flush across the face, a la Mark Coleman, Pete Williams. For those of you who are new to the game, there's one to look up for you. Pete Williams beating Mark Coleman when he kicked him in the face with a fucking shoe on. That's what that looked like. He split his whole, his whole shit was split. Nate Diaz's eyebrow looked like Heath Ledger's mouth in the Batman movies. You want to know how I got these scars? I got kicked in the face. It was over with, man. He looked like Marvin Eastman. He looked like Marvin Eastman with that hatchet wound to his face yeah. from Vitor Belfort. That's another one for you youngins to look up, man. Mm. All you new, all these people posting that shit with that little Benjamin <laughs> Button fucking Hezbollah kid. Look up Marvin Eastman versus Vitor Belfort. Look up <laughs> Mark Coleman versus freaking Pete Williams, man. Do your history. Get, 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 crack open your MMA history book, damn it. Benjamin. <laughs> fucking, that little fucking tic-tac, man. I'd, just anyway. All right. Sorry. <laughs> did you see the video where they put him on a roller coaster? Yeah, I did. I oh, did. It's funny. That one in the like where the karate girl, they're kicking the water bottle back and forth. It's so <laughs> stupid. All right, man. Co-main event of the evening. Davison Figueredo. The rematch taking on Brandon Moreno. Oh. Figueredo is at 21 and 1. 20 wins, one loss, one draw. Brandon Moreno, 18, 5, and 2. Getting after it, man. Um, let's run through these here. Let's see here. I got to make sure I get the right banner up here for this one. Um, Figueredo, minus 225 against Brandon Moreno and a plus 185. Over and around is four and a half. Minus 120 on the over under at four and a half there, Soup. I think that the odds makers got this one right. The big story coming out after the fact, Davison Figueredo prior to the fight with Brandon the first time was hospitalized. 
was in bad shape, came on and still put on the performance that he did. This time he says he's never felt better. He's ready to rock and roll. He's ready to get things done. I think that this, I, this is the one line when I'm looking at this whole thing where I don't want to touch it at all as far as like where I think Vegas put it. I think they're dead to rights on this. Yeah. Figueredo minus two, 225. I love him at this price, and I love him as a parlay piece. I really think he – I think he yeah. finishes Brendan Moreno here. And that's exactly – I was going to say, if you're going to play his money line, I'd throw him in a parlay. If not, I like him at a plus 140 by finish. Um, last time they fought, two weight cuts in three weeks for Davison Figueredo. Yeah. He's a bigger dude. I mean, he yeah. cuts more weight than Brandon Moreno does. That had to take a toll on his body. And we were one illegal low blow away from a unanimous decision. Yes, we had a draw. Brandon Moreno st- stood there and took every overhand right. I, the kid's his, his, his chin of steel. Yeah. But we were one illegal blow from from a unanimous decision for Figueredo. And with all this time to prepare and not having to cut weight, you know, twice in three weeks and not being hospitalized, I I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Figgy by second round knockout. Yeah. I think he finishes him, and I finishes him in devastating fashion. Because you can get – I mean, yeah, Brandon Moreno looked great, and he took a lot of shots. But at the same point in time, that's got to play a role. He left that fight a different person than mm. what he entered. Mm. I think they both did. I think it's safe to say that yeah. both of them, much like a Zhang Weili, Yoana fight, they're both leaving separate, right? They're both leaving different than when they got in. And this is of no disrespect to Brandon Moreno, but if we're talking about just objectively picking winners and losers, I think Davison Figueredo is going to win this fight. I love Brandon Moreno. Brandon Moreno has made me a lot of money. I like him quite a bit, but to your point, I really think that that's one of those fights where you're not the same afterwards. And I don't care if both of those men have chins of steel going into that fight. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to have it in this one. That's a lot of head trauma in a very short mm-hmm. period of time. I would have loved to have seen both of these men take at least a year off before getting right back into it. But these little dudes, they're going right back at it. They're going to cut a bunch of weight. They're going to go back at it again. They're going to hit each other in the face. High stakes punch face where the stakes have never been higher. The flyweight strap is on the line. It's going to be a banger of a fight. I think that Figgy gets it done, but dude, I will not be shocked at all at a Brandon Moreno win. I feel confident in Figueredo, but nothing can surprise me with these two. It was surprisingly competitive the first time they fought. The surprise of that is going to wear off because we know what to expect now. We expect fireworks. I'm excited for this one. Still going Figueredo, and I still like him as a parlay piece, and I love him as a parlay piece with this main event of the evening. Israel Adesanya taking on the Italian dream, Marvin Vittori. Dude... Bro, you're doing it. I am gonna you're do it. it. I'm gonna. You're, you're absolutely gonna fucking right. I'm gonna do it. I'm 100 gonna do it. Israel Adesanya minus 265 taking on Marvin Vittori plus 205 over and rounds is at four and a half. The blueprint has been out. Jan Blahovitz followed it to a T. Marvin Vittori will take what his Caucasus Mountain Warrior brethren has done before him, and he will implement it flawlessly and leave no doubt he is the undisputed 185-pound champ of the world. Marvin Vittori is beating Israel Adesanya on Saturday night. I don't care. He's beating him. So, Italian dream is coming true. Yo, Adrian, we did it. Italians, rise up. You've been a – you know, you've always mentioned um, – the size of the octagon mm-hmm. and how it plays a difference in fights. 100% does. So you don't think that Izzy being in the regular size octagon, it's going to give him more room to maneuver? Oh, it definitely plays okay. to his favor. But so you, you're, I still well, don't think the outcome's going to change. So you're 
I agree with you. The blueprint's been laid. Izzy's weakness has been showed. Yeah. And Vittori exposed it in the third round of their first fight. Sure. 100%. Great point. I mean, 100%. He won the third round. Yeah. Um, I don't think that was a split decision. I think Izzy took rounds one and two and Vittori took round three. I thought it, was, it should have been unanimous for Izzy. Okay. But he's Izzy's one of those guys that I just can't. I can't bet against. I, I know he he lost to Jan, but the the size and the strength difference between Jan and Marvin Vittori. I I told myself coming into this I wasn't going to say that Adesanya was going to lose. But here's the thing. Here, well, here's the thing. While you're while you're contemplating your point, I will tell you this. Right? What is the blueprint? If if we're gonna if we're gonna be mad scientists and we're gonna go into a lab, what's the first skill that you're going to equip your fighter with? Wrestling. Exactly. I know. What's the I, okay? What's the second? What's the second skill you're gonna give him? What's the second attribute? You tell you're me. Gonna give him, you're gonna give him cardio. Oh, cardio. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, with with wrestling, I associate cardio because you you can't gonna, wrestle unless okay. you have good cardio. You're gonna give him wrestling. You're gonna give him I cardio, and you're gonna give him heart. You're going to give him grit. You're going to give him determination. You're going to give him an inability to be unfazed by bleeding. And Marvin Vittori is that. Is Israel Adesanya striking next level? Of course. Does he live in the Matrix? Probably. Can he beat 99% of the roster? Sure. But styles make fights. There's a reason mm -hmm. why people say yeah. that. And stylistically, this is a nightmare for him. The same way Blahovitz was a nightmare for him. Marvin Vittori is Freddy Krueger, nightmare on Elm Street, nightmares incarnate. He's coming for him. He's going to snatch his soul in broad daylight. Israel Adesanya is shook. He's wearing his little weird, like, silk robe with his dyed hair and his weird fucking green chain and all that shit that he's doing acting all kinds of crazy Did you see the interview he can't even put together a coherent trash talk insult he's got nothing vittori's living rent free in that dude's head rent free rent yeah. free so all right i'm not gonna pick a fighter here i'm saying mm -hmm. over three and a half over three and a half Al alternate line i can dig it uh, well yeah over three and a half on fandle right now is a minus 155 Okay. Um, I love that. So, yeah, I like over three and a half. Izzy's six out of his last nine fights have gone to decision. Vittori, eight out of his last nine have gone to decision. Yep. I'll take the over three and a half in case there's a late, you know, a late fifth round for finish or something. I don't want to get sure. screwed by the four and a half. So, yeah, over three and a half. That's what perfect. I'm going to yeah. address something in the comments real quick. This comment right here, Jan was 30 pounds heavier. You know this guy who loves beer because you listen to our show all the time i don't fucking care that he was 30 pounds over no participation trophies here you showed up at at 198 that's your yeah. fucking fault he knew you show he up fighting. at the weight you you know what you're doing you showed up and you got work i don't care that you're 30 pounds over you signed on the dotted line you knew what stipulations were and you showed up 35 pounds lighter than the guy you were going to fight you got fucked up that's the way it is doesn't change what's going to happen this fight. The blueprint's out there. You're going to get wrestled. You're going to get, you're just going to get mauled. Italian, there's not many bears in Italy. I don't think there was any, any bears in Italy. I don't know. Jake, can you look up the last time there was a bear in Italy? I don't think there was, outside of a zoo, I don't think there are any. There's one. There's at least one. His name is Marvin Vittori. I know he lives in California now, trains out of Kings MMA. But whenever he goes back to Italy, he's the only bear left in the country. So, I, Jake, can me you personally, look up how many guys it takes to fight a grizzly bear? Yeah, Jake, how many how many guys <laughs> does it take to kill a grizzly bear with their bare hands? Hey, fun fact for those of you that don't know, we're gonna we're, we got a guest coming on. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring him in here in 35 seconds. But 
producer Jake and I, we've only ever had one argument in our entire life, and it was over how many men it would take to kill one whole grizzly bear. So a, a prime grizzly bear living its best life in the wild, how many men with their bare hands would it take to kill a grizzly bear? Producer Jake said over 1,000. I think it was, and, yeah, I think he had a zero under that. I'm pretty sure he said 10,000. I think he said a thousand. Jake said 10,000. He's indicating from the back it would take 10,000 men. 10,000. I said it would be way less than 10,000. Um, so Instagram, Instagram poll, uh, we're going to run it out there. Is it over under 10,000 grown men with their bare hands to kill a grizzly bear? I'm going to say it's something to the tune of about, I don't know. I'd feel confident. Um, I'd feel confident in about a hundred. I'd feel confident in about a hundred. So, um, that's where I'd feel my most comfortable. Uh, unless it was 108 Diaz's. Unless it's 108 Diaz, then they're just going to rip apart like tissue paper. It'll be like a toddler going through their their birthday gifts. They'll just be shit flying everywhere. All right. Um, chat says, uh, Jake said, endangered brown bears live in Italy. The, and then the Marsican brown bear. Interesting. Okay. So we're going to do all the prelim fights, but my man's been waiting in the wings for a long time. So we're going to do something different. Like I said, Trey's not here tonight, so I do whatever I want whenever he's not here. Um, and this is what I wanted to do. So we have a longtime listener of the show, a guy who's won a couple contests with us before. Um, but his name's Corey. Uh, and Corey has started entertaining the idea of starting his own handicapping podcast. Now, I thought this would be a great night to have Corey come on and just try it out, see what he thinks, because Soup, this is how you and I started. You and I decided yeah. we wanted to do a handicapping podcast years ago, Fistful of Cash. And for those of you who are unaware of the Genesis story here um, of Punchlist, Trey was a listener of our show, Fistful of Cash, a few years ago. Trey listened to our show, really liked it, and decided he wanted to start his own podcast after uh, talking to us. He started his own show called Proper Punches, which was like a TMZ um, MMA style show, put out about 20 episodes or so of, of that. Um, at that time, you went back to school, um, mm -hmm. had some kids, did all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. So time weren't working out. So Trey and Trey I cucked me and took my seat. Trey, Trey cucked you and took your spot. We switched <laughs> the name uh, to Punchlist <laughs> MMA. And then you've been, you've been watching in the wings like a true cuck this entire time, man. So now it only makes sense that we pay it forward a little bit more. Now we've got another guy that says, Hey man, I would love to start a podcast. I want to give it a whirl. I also like your show. I like MMA. What did you think? And I was like, this is a perfect opportunity uh, to let you, you, you know, stretch your wings there, little butterfly. Um, so we're going to bring in Corey here. Uh, he hasn't, doesn't have a pick, hasn't picked out a name of a show yet, but that's okay. He's going to come on. We're going to go out of order, producer Jake. Uh, he's going to come on. We're going to break down the Joanna, or Jojo Calderwood versus Lauren Murphy fight. Um, so without further ado, let's bring in my man, Corey. What's up, Dale? My what's guy. How what's are you, my friend? What's going on, man? How are you? Thanks for coming on the show. No, Let's... no, thank you, sir. It's a pleasure. Trust me. I think we got we got to get Jake. Are you moving him over? You want me to move him over? I'm sorry. I know you're trying to do it, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, producer, there we go. Oh. Outstanding. All right. No, you're I'm in the chilling, featured man. seat, man. You're in the That's, featured this is seat. Awesome front front row, front center, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Awesome. Um, so, like, we, I've, I've given you about as much of an intro as I possibly can. Um, 
I really want to bring something to the attention real quick because I'm a degenerate gambler. The only person that beats me as far as degeneracy is concerned, my late night Russian table tennis betting partner is this guy right above me here, my brother Soup. Um, I would, if you wouldn't mind, regale us of what happened once you put on an official punch list shirt. What was that? What happened after you put on the punch list shirt? Oh, the worst question you could have asked me because I was thinking about that when I first put it on. As you guys can see, I'm rocking mm-hmm. it. Um, we swept the card the night. I want to say we went nine and zero. I wish I could remember exactly which fight night that was. Uh, probably had a few too many beers that night. But yes, the first night I got it on a Friday. I had been begging Trey for weeks after I missed the podcast a couple of days, and then heard my name and was like, "Oh shit, that's me!" Damn. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I got it on that Friday. We ended up sweeping the card. So I have uh, yet to wash this shirt. I'm I'm very superstitious, as you can see. I'm a Philly fan. Right. Uh, definitely superstitious when it comes to gambling. So this shirt, it it doesn't smell yet, but we're we're trying to ride the roll here on it. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's got any antimicrobial things. Uh, Allegiance does a lot for their shirts. <laughs> I don't necessarily know if there's no if there's any antifungal antimicrobial. So maybe at a certain point you it might want to you might want to give it a little wash. It does breathe well though. It does. It does breathe well. It does breathe well for sure. All right. So I gave you your pick of any fight on the card and like true capper fashion, you said, I want something with some plus money action. You didn't want any of this minus 475 Bilal Muhammad, Nate Diaz, Leon Edwards bullshit. You wanted as close to even money as you can get. So Joanne Calderwood minus 145. Taking on Lauren Murphy plus 125 over on runs is at two and a half. Sir, the floor is officially yours. Listen, first of all, this is one of my favorite kind of fights because you go down through your card, you start looking through the pluses and minuses, and you look for the fights that you know the books got it wrong. And personally, I really think they got this one wrong. I think uh, I think JoJo should be the dog. I honestly think the only thing she's got in favor for is the big cage. The first thing I did have to look for when I started breaking down this fight was what if they'd be in the small cage, large cage. And being in Glendale in a little bigger cage, I do I do see how it can be in her favor. But I truly think she's one of the most inconsistent flyweights we've seen. And I really think Lauren Murphy's coming in here to – she's going to make a statement. She's on a four-fight win streak. I think JoJo is win-loss, 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 like the last four or five, I want to say. I really think Murphy's going to come in with the pressure. And if you know anything about Muay Thai fighters, which that's you know JoJo's main background – they need space. They need timing. They need rhythm. Uh, I think Lauren's about to shut that down the whole night. I think mm. she's going to be in her face. I really think she's going to have – I mean, she's going to have to. If she wants to win this, she's going to make it dirty. She's got to grind it out. And honestly, aside from this being a dog, I want to tell you, I, I think you remember a couple weeks ago I shouted you out. We uh, we hit on Priscilla Cachuera, if I'm saying her name right, mm-hmm. on yeah. the TKO. You called it, my friend, and I bet it, plus 600. <laughs> well, I was I was going down the line, and I've noticed two different things about this fight I really like, aside from the fact I think Murphy's just going to smash her for at least three rounds. But three of the five losses that JoJo has are via submission. Now, granted, they are by people. They're more submission artists. You know, Jennifer Maya, that's an obvious one. You're going to – that's what she's going for. But I, I really – I was going down through the lines, and I saw Lauren Murphy by sub okay. plus 2,600, Dale. Plus 2,600. If she's going to do anything, she's going to try to drag her into some deep waters. And the one thing you know about women is there's more submissions than TKOs and knockouts aside from a few people here here and there. And tell me you can't sprinkle $5, $10 on that. Plus 2,600, 
But bottom line is you can get her inside the distance at plus 650. So then you're safe either side. Now, granted, the decision is probably what happens. That's your safe play. Lauren Murphy, underdog straight up. Lauren Murphy via decision. Those are your two smart plays. But we're here to make money, Dale. We're here to make some money. And I can promise you, Saturday night, I'm going to have a small sprinkle that plus 2,600. I think it's going to be the fourth submission that happens in JoJo's career. Or the submission loss, sorry. Scared money don't make no money. Yes, my friend. (laughs) That's right. Scared money don't make money. All right, Soup. What do you feel? Corey laid it out. I feel like this is an this is an astute, uh, well-rounded argument. Are you with him or are you against him? I'm looking at my paper here, and it's kind of scary because I have three things circled on my paper here. I have Lauren Murphy at a plus one twenty circled. I have the under two and a half circled at a plus two twenty five, and I have Lauren Murphy by submission on Fanduel at plus twenty six hundred. You know I'm all about you know I'm all about the crazy big wild plays. Um, I believe, and I'm you know this is my claim to fame as far as the MMA podcast goes. The last show that we officially did together, Dale, mm-hmm. was uh, Anthony Smith and Vulcan Uzdemir, mm. and I called Anthony Smith by third round submission. You did. He nailed the round and the submission. Yeah, it was pretty weird. And it happened. And then in comes Trey. It's amazing. I don't understand what happened. But, um, yeah, I love the Warren Murphy play. <laughs> oh, and I, I'll tell you one other thing that I want to point out that's very interesting to me because she does have eight TKOs, speaking of Lauren Murphy. And one thing I, I saw two fights ago that kind of shocked me. Now, she's not the greatest fighter in the world, but I've always called her the Grim Reaper of the women's flyweight division. Roxanne Modafferi, when she fought Lauren Murphy, Lauren Murphy damn near dropped her. Yeah. She stumbled her. And that would have, you know, I'm just saying it's the power's there. She may not want to stand and strike with her. That's part of the reason why I think she's going to drag her down. And the submission may be there. If she puts too much pressure in there, she might roll it over, belly down, and the neck's going to be there. Uh, just plus 2,600. Lock it up. Lock it up. All right. So here's the thing. First of all, um, you know me. I'm a man of science. I'm not a learned doctor, but I am a man of science. And we all know that women's underdogs, scientific at this point. You have to play a women's underdog. And if you're going to tell me that Lauren Murphy has a submission prop available at plus 2,600, you could say less. I need nothing else. I was going to bet Lauren Murphy to begin with. (laughs) Although, real quick, at the risk of objectifying, which we do from time to time on the show, Joanna Calderwood is a sneaky babe. A sneaky babe. And she's got a Scottish accent, which is very, I mean, little mousy accent. Maybe the accent, but I don't know. Yeah, all right. So here's the thing. Lauren Murphy. It's amazing. that. So were you saying Roxanne is the Grim Reaper or Lauren Murphy's the Grim Reaper? Roxanne, because she, She, I I, I remember, I want to say it was three fights ago. I got her at like plus 850. Told a whole lot of people. I was like, you just don't. This is one of those fights. It's a women's fight. Coin flip is always. Right. But Roxanne is one of those that'll drag it, make it ugly. And some people don't want to do that. And when I watched her almost drop her, I mean, she's probably one of the most durable women in MMA. Speaking of Montefiore again, yep. but Lauren put a pounding on her and she almost finished her. So either way, I like the inside the distance play, to be honest. But that plus 2,600, I can't pass it up, Dale. So here's where it's at. So this is why I say that jo- JoJo's a sneaky babe is exactly what you're talking about. The ability to want to push past the blood, the guts, the grit, and everything else. You see girls like JoJo, like uh, Michelle Waterson, that are they're more feminine than a lot of your female fighters, right? They've got they've, they're more feminine features. They're more feminine outside the cage. They they tend to get pieced up in fights, right? They tend to get bloody, and then when they get bloody, they tend to check out. They'll keep fighting. 
Michelle Waterson is one of the toughest chicks on the roster, but once you get her leaking, it's victory is almost imminent after that. She sort of shuts it down, you know, shortly thereafter. So it's one of those things where JoJo, she's been in some dog fights, she's been in some wars, but once she gets starts getting dominated, once the the pace is put on her, once the damage is inflicted, she kind of puts it into autopilot and she waits for something magical to happen. Lauren Murphy, to your point, arguably has a has an argument right now for a title shot. Lauren Murphy could very well, in a division that has essentially been cleared out, be making a case for a title shot. If she beats JoJo, she's the clear-cut number one contender. In my opinion, she was already that. Um, but here's the thing. When she beats Joanna Calderwood on Saturday night, there's no denying her. Lauren Murphy will be getting a title shot sometime around the end of the year because she's going to beat JoJo, and she's going to meet, beat her by submission. This has never happened before. We're going to lock – dude, let's – you want to freaking lock – Soup, you want to lock in a play? You want to lock in a play of the night? I have my, you know, I have my play of the night. It's this not isn't that, it, though. All right. No. All right. All right. We'll we'll, we'll go. Have we'll go with the special guest play of the night. Uh, we'll, spoiler: we'll, It's not Drew Dober. I, you're, you're <laughs> fucking messing. All right. Anyway, so Corey, we'll, we'll lock in Corey's play of the night. That we'll put that on the Instagram as well. Uh, so Corey, Lauren Murphy by submission plus twenty six hundred. When that smacks on Saturday, make sure we'll we'll put your Venmo. In the Instagram yes. story, man, we'll Everybody throw your Ven- me. Yeah, we'll throw the Venmo in there. <laughs> so, Lauren Murphy by submission Saturday night. She's taking out JoJo. Uh, look, man. So, this is your first soiree into the podcast world. What do you think? Well, real quick, I do have to say yeah. one thing. If yeah. anything, Saturday night. Most of us, we waste five, ten bucks a year, a month on a lottery card, lottery scratch off at the gas station. Mm-hmm. Twenty-six to one odds. Go put five dollars on that at least. You're walking away with a hundred. Come exactly. on. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's that's scratcher money right there. I like it. I like it. You'll hear no argument from me. Um, listen, Corey, I appreciate you coming on the show. It was last minute, man. You came on. You killed no. it. As soon as you as soon as you get your uh, logistics worked out for your show, we'll be happy to uh, you know promote it and push people to you as much as we possibly can, man. Well, before dude, you cut them, I got some questions. Oh, go you got ahead. some. Uh, oh, go. Oh. I, do, see, I see the Eagles hat. These uh, are going to be aggressive. Go oh, ahead, no, man. it's not. I know this is an MMA podcast, but uh, when we started out. I brought the basketball, the football, and the hockey handicapping to the podcast. So you're a Philly fan, like all across the board. Oh yeah. Well, no, no, not all across the board. I'm okay. just a die, I'm a diehard Eagles fan. Brian Dawkins was my hero. Got okay. to meet got to meet him when I was younger at a little camp, and that, that was who I wanted to be playing football. And just that was my guy. But my dad was a Philly fan. Enjoyed it. It's just uh, it's kind of okay. stuck with me. Uh, so all, my across, question, go ahead, go ahead. My, my question is Jalen hurts quarterback of the future. Yes or no? <sighs> Listen, it's, <laughs> it's a tough one. Uh, I will say it's, I, I was a Carson Wentz guy, man. I've got, I've got coworkers that still dog me to this day about Nick Foles. I mean, I was a big Carson Wentz guy. I think he got disrespected, but uh, we'll see this year. I will say I've taken the over. I want to say Vegas put us out at six and a half. I'll take that yeah. all day. We can get eight Especially or nine Especially in that division. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, our division's trash. So that's the one thing yep. we have going for us. But, the I mean. Cowboys will underperform like they do every year. Yeah. I, yes, I like the over six ears. and a half. Absolutely. No, that Devontae Smith draft pick, that's the one thing I think that can help Hurts. We've, we've, we passed up DK Metcalf. We passed up Justin Jefferson in the last two seasons. I mean. Wentz should have had weapons, but we'll see what we do with Jalen. It's I'm I'm excited for it. It's this new age of the mobile quarterback that nobody thought could work in the NFL, and suddenly they are. 
So we'll see. Yeah. It's I'm I'm hopeful. <laughs> All right, and uh, one thing uh, this comes from myself deep down, and our uh, our producer Jake behind the scenes. Fuck the Flyers. <laughs> that's um, we're, we're we're from Pittsburgh. We're Penguins fans. Just the fly. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. I'm actually I'm born and raised in Tennessee, and the Predators. Okay. I've become a bandwagon Predators fan the last couple of years, so I can fuck the Flyers all day. I'll go with you on that. <laughs> All right, we'll keep it moving. All right, Corey, appreciate you, man. Feel free if you want to hang out behind the scenes, you can do no so. Problem. If you want to roll out, that's up to you, man. All right, Thanks appreciate again, you, guys. See you, man. Appreciate it. Man, we get good people on the show, man. I'll tell you what, man, we get. Yeah, he's get, all right. Yeah, it's all. It's listen. Here's what's fun, right? Is that we get a lot of messages throughout throughout the week. We get a lot of emails. I mean, you you're, you remember this stuff? You get like 35 percent people that are freaking Looney Tunes, and then you get like 40 people, 40 percent of the people that actually know their shit. And then there's like this weird 25% where you just don't know if they're kind of crazy or if they do or whatever. It's always refreshing whenever you talk to somebody or you have somebody that you interact with that you know knows what they're talking about. Like, I'm going to provide a succinct argument. I'm going to show you what I am capable of. I'm going to meet your points with counterpoints. Dude, that's so refreshing, man, because there's a lot of people that want to do shit like this until it comes to do time to do shit like this. And then they're like, man, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Right. So, um, come Corey, prepared, sure do your thing. So I'm, I'm sure you're still listening. Um, when you do start your podcast, if you're looking to branch out and not only do MMA and you want to talk, you know, football or anything like that, see, I'm an open co-host. See, look at that. We, we just a free agent. We're like, this is like the, uh, what, what's, what's the blind date or whatever. You know what I mean? You just kind of hang right. out behind the scenes, talk to each other and contestant number one, tell me what your favorite food is kind of shit. All right. <laughs> okay. So we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get this thing back on the rails. Um, and we're going to bring this back, back around. Okay. So we, Jojo was like middle of the prelim card, no big deal. So we're going to start at the bottom, work our way up to the top. Featured prelim is going to be Drew Dober versus Brad Riddell. We're saving the best for last as we always do. All right. Fat Jake Collier at 12 and five, taking on Carlos Philippe at 10 and one. I'm going to keep calling him Fat Jake Collier. I know it's disrespectful to the guy, but he's portly. Um, he's more portly than Parker Porter, who's a big boy. So we've got that going for us right now. Um, That's what happens when you're a 185er and you move up to heavyweight. I think he was a 170. Jesus. I think Jake Collier, if I'm not mistaken, this is. Oh, man. All right. So here's the, here's the weird. Okay. Here's the weird, here's the weird, weird Dale MMA muscle working again. I remember Jake Collier. I don't know if it was 170 or not. Maybe it was 185. I can't remember. Hold on a second. I got to look real quick. Um, bah, 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 bah. Maybe it was 185. I think it was. Jake Collier walks out to Rob Bailey in the hustle standard for one of his fights. One of the first fights I saw him, I think it was the fight he got knocked out by Vitor Miranda. Okay. He walks out and it's it I don't know if you've ever listened to Rob Bailey in the Hustle Standard. It's some of the worst music on the planet Earth. It's awful. It's absolutely awful. So, I don't understand what this is. I'm listening to it. It doesn't make any sense to me. So I hit up Brian, who you know Brian, um and I'm like, "Brian, this Rob Bailey guy is supposedly some sort of weightlifter." Do you know what this is? And he's like, Rob Bailey and the Hustle Standard. I fucking love those guys. They make amazing music. I'm not and sure. I was like, I'm, I, I'm not sure. I listen. I love Brian with my whole entire heart, <laughs> but he was singing the praises of this band. 
I'm going to encourage all of you right now to don't, not listen to any of it. It's awful. And because of that, Jake Collier has remained in my mind his entire career because I'm like, that's the guy that walked out to Rob Bailey in the Hustle Standard. And that's how I got introduced to them for the brief time that I was introduced to them because Brian freaking Brian um, was like, I love their music. So Brian loved them. Jake Collier loved them. I didn't like it at all. Brian knows I don't like them at all, but it is what it is. That's how I remember who Jake Collier is because of that. That's a story that's not irrelevant. That's just a story between me and you that now everybody knows. Jake Collier looks like I should have graduated with him at Butler. Jake Collier absolutely looks like with a cutoff t-shirt. Jake Collier looks like 90% of the dudes that I had when I worked in the prison. Yeah. Like he's this weird, patchy, pube beard, bad tattoos. You're not sure what his uh what his hygiene situation's like. You know, it, it is what it is, right? Um, but yeah. So Jake Collier, Carlos Philippe, Jake Collier came in. His last fight looked up. A lot better than he did in the Tom Aspinall fight. Made me look silly because Aspinall made him look silly the first time. Came out, looked light, looked light on his feet, thrown together combinations, looked good. But he's taken on a Carlos Philippe here, whose head is the side of the size of Luis Guzman's, this gigantic watermelon in between his shoulders, and he's got lunchbox for fists. He's gonna be there kicking, he's gonna be there punching. I like this fight to end inside the distance, man. What, what, I don't think necessarily that Jake Collier is going to knock out Carlos Felipe, but I think Carlos Felipe has a real opportunity at knocking out Jake Collier here. Okay, that's interesting. There's no um, wrestling taking place in this fight, so you've got heavyweights yeah. punching each other for 15 minutes. So the likelihood of a knockout is high. Now, Carlos Felipe has screwed me once. Mm, um, yeah. I I bet Justin Taffa, mm, which okay. and I and he was winning the fight in the first round, and then I don't know what happened. I don't think anything was ever said, mm-hmm. but um. He was dominating him with leg kicks, mm-hmm. and I, I believe, I'm, I'm assuming he hurt his foot at some point in that fight, and he because he completely went away from it, and uh, and Philippe took advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets outstruck, but when he lands, he lands. Right. Um, and I I I like so what inside the distance would probably be a plus one hundred in this fight. Because I think the under two and a half is like a plus one twenty. So the under two and a half is a plus one thirty. Yeah, over two okay. and a half is at a minus one sixty. Actually, yeah. So inside the distance, probably around a plus one hundred, plus one hundred five, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Two big guys. They both for bigger guys. They both have you know impressive gas tanks for for bigger guys. For bigger guys, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I don't see a, you know a sloppy third round. If it does go to the third, I still think that there's going to be some you know heavy shots thrown. So I can. I can get behind the inside the distance play. I like that. I almost like if so if inside the distance is coming at plus money, I almost like that more than an individual play because then you're just watching the fight hoping for a finish rather than picking yeah. a side. Um, especially if you're going on the Carlos Philippe side at that minus 170, go inside the distance and just hope for an exciting fight. Keep in mind something that we like that has is a factor. It wasn't a factor that we ever had to encounter before outside of Brazilian cards, but it is something that we have to factor in now. This is an event with a live audience in attendance. Glendale sold out in a matter of minutes. And we have seen since the return to live audiences, the finish rate is through the roof. Unders are probably going to have a field day. Vegas, for all their knowledge, has probably screwed up a little bit here. I know you said that the one fight, uh, there's actually no, you said that there's no fights on the prelims at all that aren't favored to end inside the distance. There's no way we get through an entire prelim card without several finishes. There are going to be finishes. You got to identify where they're going to be. Yeah. Two shorter, heavier, 
heavyweights that don't have any interest in wrestling that are going to be there punching each other in the face is about as good of a chance as you're going to get to make some plus money on this card. So. Yeah. And, and, and anytime you can get, anytime you can get heavyweights in general mm-hmm. at plus money inside the distance, Yeah. regardless of who, to, you know, regardless of who the two heavyweights are, sure. it's got, it's an enticing bet. Sure. Vegas might know that it might be a sucker bet. I'm a sucker. I'm taking it. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to more of that. I'm going to more of that. All right, man. Next fight. Uh, Luigi Vendramini taking on Faraz Ziam. Ziam's at 11 and 3. Luigi Vendramini is at 9 and 1. Uh, this is a great fight. Good opportunity to make some money here, in my opinion. Luigi Vendramini is a plus 115. Faraz it is a minus 135. Over on around is at 2.5. I don't understand why this isn't more favored to the side of Vendramini. Am I crazy here? Am well, I crazy in thinking that they have this one wrong? I. Th- I think it has a lot to do with the fact that we only have 90 seconds to judge of Vendramini in the UFC. So, I, but the, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Yes, performance of the night. It was, you know, it was fantastic, but I would, you know, he's not more, he's not as technical. He's going to be undersized. He's not going to have a reach advantage. I think that's Vegas's mindset behind setting this line. You go the experience versus the, the, the flashiness and the highlight. But yeah, okay. I don't. But, I mean, you look at who he's I'm fought. I'm just playing right? devil's advocate here. That's sure, all. sure. But here's the thing: like, you look at who he's fought, right? Aleski Dos Santos um, is his loss, and you and I are both huge on Easy Dos Santos. Have been since he since he made his octagon debut. Even before that, we had him pegged as a prospect to watch. I have a hard time not betting on Easy Dos Santos every single time that that he fights. So if I look at his loss to to easy. I'm not upset with that. And Jessen Aari, that's the guy that he needs to beat. And in, in my mind, if I'm playing the skill hierarchy, you know, the, the, the level of hierarchy as skills go, Jessen Aari is a Faraz Ziam. They are the yeah. same level as skill. So if I can get Luigi Vendramini not taking a step up in competition mm-hmm. and fighting a guy the same skill of what he just beat and did so with relative ease, and I can get him at plus money, I'm going to take Luigi Vendramini. Now, that being said, Veros, uh, has has more experience than him, and he's probably faced a higher level of competition. Um, all that being said... But everybody starts somewhere. Everybody starts somewhere, and he's just... I think the physicality of Luigi Vendramini is going to be a problem. I don't necessarily know that if he's going to have the better gas tank if this fight makes it to the latter latter half of the, uh, of the fight, but I really think that... I, Look, I'm not crazy high on Vendramini here, but I really like him at plus money. I think that this should honestly, if this was flipped, I would think that they have it right. Probably a pick 'em come fight time. Yeah, I mean it's it's virtually a pick 'em as it is. I mean, a minus one thirty five, it's not like you're laying ridiculous juice if you want to go the opposite side. Sure. Um, and it's not like Vendramini's a huge dog. So it's when it comes down to, you know, nickels and dimes, it's basically a pick 'em as it is. And yeah. Okay. I'm aboard. All right. All right. Bender Meanie. That's a dog. So we got we got two plus money, two plus money plays to start the uh the early prelims. There we go. All right. Here's another great one for you. Steven Peterson at 18 and 9, taking on Chase Hooper at 10, excuse me, and one. Chase Hooper with obvious holes in his game, but is lethal on the ground, taking on Steven Peterson. Not great at anything. Pretty good at everything, um, but 
really puts themselves it puts himself in bad position after bad position after bad position. If it stays standing, I like Steven Peterson. Peterson to win this fight. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, if it stays standing, if Chase Hooper can get him to the ground, it's not even. It's 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 over with. Right. This right. is an under two and a half play. Yeah. I don't understand why this one isn't at one and a half. I think that Vegas would see a lot more action on this fight if it was at one and a half because we have clear cut paths to victory here. Chase Hooper, take him down. Steven Peterson, don't be taken down. Either one of those, whoever executes their game plan is going to gonna win. Is, and they're going to finish the other person. Right. They're going to finish yeah. him. Chase Hooper will get knocked out if he cannot take Steven Peterson down. Yeah. And, and well, and like you said, uh, the ground advantage goes to Chase Hooper. He's been training with his dad, Ben Askren. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah. It's just I'm trying to think here where. Um, I don't feel comfortable picking either side because, like you said, whoever executes wins this fight. Mm -hmm. So this is another one where you play the under and you just you, you cheer for a finish. <clears throat> Which the under is at a pick them as well. Under two and a half yeah. is it even money or not even mm -hmm. money? But it's at it's minus one fifteen. So yeah, minus one fifteen. Yeah. So we'll go under two and a half. Let's just keep just keep piling it keep, on with this car. Yeah, keep fading Vegas and let's just go the under. That's, that's it. That's it. We're just going to go just under. Ride, just ride the under. All right, man. Uh, Panny Kianzad taking on Alexis Davis. Alexis Davis at 20 and 10. Panny Kianzad at 14 and 5. Again, it's science. Alexis Davis plus 166 taking on Panny at minus 191. Over on rounds is at two and a half. Um, Pan, or I'm sorry, Alexis Davis came out and looked great in her last fight, man. I thought she was washed, but she came out and looked great. She took out a killer uh, the if last she, time out, man. If she comes out with the same um, like strategy that she came out with against Sabina with the leg kicks, I really like her odds in this fight. Yeah. I really, yeah. really like her odds. But then again, okay. yeah, okay, yeah. I don't like the under. I don't like uh, – I don't like – no, no, I, no. The, the, in this one, when you're playing women's dogs, dude, you just just play the women's dog. Take the plus yeah. money and just just get out of here. So unless Alexis it's Lauren Davis, Murphy, unless, unless it's Lauren, Lauren Murphy, Murphy plus twenty six hundred by submission. By submission, Lauren Murphy plus twenty six hundred <laughs> by submission. Shout out to Corey for 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 bringing that to our attention. Appreciate you for finding that value, man. That's a great play, um, and you know we're all going to be playing it, hoping it smacks, but. Listen, man, I don't, I'm not going to camp on this one too long. Alexis Davis has a wealth of experience. She looked great against Sabina Mazza. She came out, executed a game plan, let Sabina wear herself out while beating up the lead leg. She comes out and does the same thing against Panny Kianzad. She's going to win the fight. Uh, Panny can you know, throw hands with the best of them, has a win over Jessica Rose Clark. She's well-rounded. Uh, she does have a well-rounded skill set. Alexis Davis, though, has a wealth of experience, has only fought the best in the world for probably the last 10-plus years. Uh, Panny really just does not have the level of competition that Alexis Davis has. I'm going to lean on the experience of Alexis Davis and see if she can put together a win streak for the first time in fucking seven years or whatever it's been. It's been a while since my girl put together a win streak. And Alexis Davis puts out a, a good volume. Yeah. For a female fighter as well, sure. Um, she's gonna she's gonna press you. She's gonna she's gonna throw strikes. Um, she forced uh, Chukagian into actually exchanging. Yeah, it wasn't a snooze fest. She had to actually you know punch back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if you can force Chukagian into having to strike back, you can put a volume on pretty much anybody. Yeah, I love it. 
I, I, I really, I, I think this is a good fight for Alexis Davis. Um, I'm excited to watch it. All right. Hakeem Dewadu taking on Mavzar Evliov. Evliov at 14 and 0. Hakeem Dewadu at 12 and 1. This, ladies and gentlemen, dog. listen to me when I tell you this. If you are going to watch any, like if we're going to take this, if we're going to break this card up into three sections, right? The early prelims, the prelims, and the main card. This is the fight to watch on the early prelims. You can People. skip all of them. Except for this one. This has potential to be fight of the night. Mavzar Evliov is a animal, is an absolute animal, but he is taking on a freaking cyborg laser-guided missile striker in Hakeem Dewadu, who is long and rangy and has good takedown defense and has good submission defense and hits like a fucking Mack truck. Mavzar Evliov has got a gigantic hurdle in front of him in Hakeem Dewadu, who's coming off a loss to Rafael Fiziev, who I know he wants that one back. Or no, wait, Dewadu didn't fight Fiziev. I'm sorry. That was uh, Mark DeCasey. I misspoke. Yeah. I misspoke. Dewadu's got one loss in yeah. the UFC, and it was yeah. um, when he got submitted by um, Danny Henry. Yeah, that's exa- I, I, I got those two mixed up. I got DeCasey yeah. and Dewadu mixed up. Doesn't doesn't change the way that I'm I'm I feel about either one of them though I just got the name wrong. Um, right. I really I, I like Evliov until I see him lose at fourteen and zero minus two thirty is not a price that I particularly love. Um, I don't want to say dog or pass because I might throw Evliov in a parlay, but I'm not going to outright bet against him until I see him lose. But Dewadu's got a great chance here. Yeah, I think this is the first disagreement we're having. Um, I like the Wadu. Fanduel actually has him at a plus two twenty, which is a little bit higher than the odds than, than we're seeing here. So yeah, I I I think this fight is closer to closer to a pick'em. Um, I think the Wadu would probably be like a plus one plus one thirty plus one forty in my mind. But I, I'm all about getting your money in at you know at better implied odds, better than what expected. Um, okay. and if I, if I cap this at a, at a plus one thirty, and I can get him at a plus two twenty, I have to take it. And I like the water to win this fight at a plus two twenty. Yeah. Sometimes the odds can push you into a play. And if, right. it, if you right. can get, if you can get to water at plus over plus 200, sure. Why, why? If somebody said, Hey, Dale, I got Hakeem to at a plus two twenty against Mavzar Evliov. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at that at all. Um, for, from a strictly winners and losers standpoint, Right, so those of those that listen to the show for picking winners and losers, I like Evliov in this fight. Uh, he does. Yeah. He, it's no, it's no secret to you. It's no secret that anybody that listens to me, I love wrestlers and I like guys with endless cardio that wrestle and can take a punch and come from the Caucasus Mountain region of the world. And Mavzar Evliov is that guy. I'm not going to bet against him until I see him lose. Hakeem Dewadu is a live dog. You want to talk about a guy that will fight for your money? This guy will fight for your money. You want a dog that will fight for your money? Hakeem Dewadu is that guy. That being yeah. said, so, I'm still on Evliov. Like, I'm a very analytical and numbers guy. Um, and so, like, at a plus 220, that gives Dewadu a 29% chance of winning this fight. Mm-hmm. And I view him at a, at a higher chance of winning the fight than a 29% chance. I think 29 is super low. Sure. But, yeah. So, yeah, all right, we're, our first disagreement of the night. Good. I'm glad we have one. I know we're going to have one more. I know exactly where we're going to have one more, too. All right. So we, t- we broke down Lauren Murphy versus Joanna Calderwood. We got that one already. And then Eric Eric Anders. Anders? Eric Anders. 
freaking Trey messes that up and says Anders all the time. Eric Anders, Darren Stewart. They're running it back. Eric Anders is at 13 and 5. Darren Stewart at 12 and 6. Now, I'm going to tread lightly here because we have quite a few people that listen to our show from across the pond that like Darren Stewart quite a bit. Um, that being said, I can tell that you're frozen right now. So I'm going to wait till you come back before I say anything really crazy because you're 100% frozen. Producer Jake, are you frozen as well? No, producer Jake is not frozen. It's just our co-host in crime here that's frozen. All right, he got dropped there. Producer Jake's going to throw him back in. We got to remove the one, add the other. All right, now we're in that one. Look look at you sitting there. Armstrong there internet. There you go. That's all right, man. Western Pennsylvania. There it is. All right, cool. There it is. We do so, have a thunderstorm, so that's why. There you go. All right. Eric Anders at a minus 150. Darren Stewart at a plus 130. Over on arounds at two and a half. What I was saying is I'm going to tread lightly here uh, as we break down this rematch because we have quite a few people that listen to us from across the pond that are very high on Darren Stewart. However, Eric Anders, in my opinion, never looked better than in that fight against Darren Stewart. I don't necessarily – here's the only thing that makes me nervous about this, right, is that you go, Eric Anders never looked better. Can he produce that type of performance back-to-back? Because that has been the knock on him his entire career is that he's a win-one-lose-one guy. So in a fight that he was arguably winning and doing so in devastating fashion, can he come out and replicate that again? Can he put it all together two times in a row? That's what I worry about when it comes to Eric Anders. Now, had Darren Stewart lost that fight and beat Eric Anders by some sort of controversial decision, and then they were going to bring it back, and they were going to run it back again. I'm all over Eric Anders, but it makes me nervous trying to put Eric Anders in a position where I think he's going to win technically two fights in a row. That makes me nervous because Eric Anders ain't that guy. He's really not that guy. Hasn't been at least the last few years. Can Darren Stewart win another Oscar? He did act like crazy. Again, I'm I'm trying to be respectful, but it was bad. It yeah, was, it was, it was not I mean, it was a it was a blocked knee. It was nowhere near as bad as like the the Aljo and Peter Yawn. Um, it just happened to have what two weeks afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, it just Eric Anders looked amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I, okay, not you know not amazing compared to Pierce, but amazing for Eric Anders. Yeah, he looked so good. And going back and watching the replay, maybe he saw that and he looks and he says, you know. Darren Stewart took me away from a win. Yes, Eric Anders should not have thrown the knee by any means. You have to know it. I mean, you've been you've been doing this for what seven, eight years now. You've you've got to know. You have to know the rules. But it, I, I like Eric Anders at a minus one fifty. You asked me for my play of the night, and mine is Eric Anders minus one fifty here. I okay. like it. I like it as a parlay piece. Um, I like it straight up. I think. I think he comes out. I think he's pissed off, and I think he uh, he writes the ship and he wins two in a row. Because I he he won he won the first fight in my opinion. I'd love to see. Although it. it's called a no contest, he won the fight. Yeah. So here's the thing with Eric Anders is you're right. He's been doing this for a few years now. Obviously, he should know better. But if you think back on his career, he's had quite a few questionable moments. 
When we talk about the Tim Williams kick, those of you who have not seen Eric Anders kick Tim Williams' soul out of his body, I encourage you to go back and find that. Um, Eric Anders was almost the first person to catch a body inside the octagon whenever he Big kicked. money win for us. Yeah, big money win for us. Absolutely was. <laughs> you want to talk about a person that should be nicknamed the Grim Reaper. Tim Williams should be nicknamed the Grim Reaper. That guy looks like a villain from a Bond movie. He looks like a horror movie um, villain. That, that guy's terrifying looking. I'm sure he's a great guy, but terrifying to look at. Um, Year-round Halloween mask, for sure. Anyway, um, so here's the thing, right? Is that Eric Anders has flirted with that gray zone for a long time. And when he first kicked Tim Williams in the face, I know we both thought it was illegal. Because yeah, if his fingers are up, they're up by like just the most pubic pubic hair of up. So you know full well when Eric Anders threw that kick, he was he did he gave zero shits as to whether or not his hands were down or not. He just threw the kick. So I understand that Eric Anders put himself in a position to lose that fight. He was winning. He could have done yeah. better and he didn't. It is what it is. Um so yeah. All right. I'll take Eric Anders. I don't know if it's my play of the night. I love it. Yeah. All right. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> All right, so featured prelim of the evening. Um, we are not going to do the Matt Frivola, Terrence, is it Terrence McKinney? Is that who they switched? Is that yeah, who they switched that's who they gave him. Okay, so um, for those of you who are unaware, Frank Camacho was involved in an auto accident today and has pulled out of the fight against um, Matt Frivola. We are not going to claim that as part of the punchless curse because Drew Dober alleviated Frank Camacho from the punchless curse. Um, so that was out of our hands. We had nothing to do with that. That We are not associated with that auto accident at all. That was just some sort of weird universal thing that happened to Frank Camacho. Wish him all the best. Hope he's well. It is what it is. So we're not going to do the, That was Go the ahead. original play of the night. Matt Frivola to minus 185 over yeah. Frank the Crank. Was, that was, I mean, we talked about it last month, and that was – the, the play. Yeah. That was I mean, the, he was, that was the play of the steam, card. He, and, you know, pun intended, he was going to steamroll him. Yeah. Yeah. That was the play of the card. All right. All, I'm, I'm, listen, Drew Dober, Captain America himself, taking on this fucking Vegemite chewing Brad Riddell at a plus one, I'm, minus 137, plus 117, more likely minus 125, plus 115, over on around is at two and a half. I know that you're, Firmly on the Brad Riddell side. No, no you're not. Okay. No, so, I'm just I'm just messing. You, right. If you stand with Drew Dover, you're getting put down. And yes. Brad Riddell's he's not going to wrestle him like Darius and Islam did. It's not going to happen. You stand with Drew Dover. It's it's going to end poorly for you. It is going it's it is going to end poorly for you. Real quick, we tried to do something tonight as well. We were going to have one of the boys. Um, from the Run It Back podcast on. And those of you who listen to our show know that we talk about them all a lot. They're essentially, I'm going to call them our brother podcast, more likely our sister podcast after Drew Dober beats Brad Riddell. But they are um, one of the people or one of the shows out there that we you know really love and adore and, and view as, as equal colleagues and, and really appreciate um, what they bring to the MMA landscape. It's a podcast based out of Australia. Uh, if you guys have not listened to the Run It Back podcast, I encourage you to do so. 
a lot of the stuff that you hear on our show, segment ideas and things like that, including the lie detector that we did on Drew Dober last week, that all comes from them. And they do it at a much higher production quality than we do because we do a live show, whereas they record and go back and edit it. And it's fantastic. It's really high quality. Um, so I can't say enough about them. But anyway, they are firmly on Camp Riddell. We are firmly on Camp Dober. And we have a wager going um, where we are going to do almost like a Hot Ones style challenge. We're still working it out based on the winner for this. So whether it's Trey and I eating, you know, insanely hot atomic wings on air or them doing it for their show, that's essentially what we're kind of working with here. They had toyed around with the idea of like a donation to charity, but we figured it'd be more fun to torture each other. So we're going to do something along those lines. We're working on the logistics of it now. It'll be announced on Instagram live later this week. We're going to go live with them. Um, so if you don't follow them on Instagram, do so already uh, at Run It Back Podcast. Uh, or run it back MMA, run it back podcast. I should look that up. It's run it back podcast. Um, but yeah, so check them out. We're going to do something with them. But anyway, they're firmly on Camp Riddell. We're firmly on Camp Dober. At least Trey and I are. Let's let's break down this fight. You said if you stand with Dober, you go to sleep. Is that how is that how you think this fight's going to go down? I do. I do. I mean, the under two and a half at a plus 120, I think plus 120 or plus 125. Um, so I would like, let me see. Let me see what Dober is by by knockout. But uh, I do like Drew Dober to win this fight. Uh, what do you have at a minus one thirty-seven? Yeah, um, it's not even necessary to parlay that. Those are the, those aren't. You're not paying ridiculous juice. Um, you don't need to throw something else in that's going to screw this play up. Um, I like Dober to win this fight. I, unless Brad Riddell comes out and shocks the world and decides to drag him through the mud, which I don't see happening. I like Drew Dober's odds in a, in a stand and bang fight. I think Brad Riddell can wrestle, so I, I do right, want to be but not not to the level of Darius and um, Islam. Sure, yeah, that's what I, I'm absolutely. getting at. Yeah, I think Brad Riddell is an Alex Hernandez level wrestler. Um, he can get takedowns when he's fresh, but if he can't do anything while he's fresh, he's not going to get them later on in the fight. So maybe round one he gets a takedown or two. I'm okay with that, but I don't see him. I don't see him submitting Drew. Um, and I don't see him being able to employ some Gregor Gillespie style throttling. You got big eyes here. So I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, Drew Dober by knockout somewhere in the plus 450 range. Plus 475 on Fandle. Boy, oh boy. Come on, man. I'm telling you, Dober by knockout. Listen, if you're going to play Dober, screw the juice. Just take him by knockout. Then you got three rounds of him trying to do it. Why not? Have we one, two. It's all plus money, bro. It's all plus and even yeah. money tonight. Yeah, that's what I was checking here. And I don't, yeah, all plus money. Okay. It's all plus money. It's all, I don't, yeah. I, listen, go, Trey's go not 50, here. I don't have to be responsible. Go 50% and make a bunch of money. Go 50% and make a bunch of money. All right. Let's <laughs> run through these real quick. We're at the hour and a half mark. Um, mm -hmm. Let's let's run. We're just going to go through these real quick. I'll give you the fight. You tell me who and how. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, Car Carlos Philippe versus Jake Collier. Second round knockout, Carlos Philippe. Okay, but we're the play is inside the distance. Inside the distance. Oh, so Carlos Philippe inside the distance. There you go. Faraz Ziam taking on Luigi Vendramini. Vendramini. Low confidence Vendramini. <laughs> yes, low confidence Vendramini. Yeah, okay. okay. Steven Peterson versus Chase Hooper. Inside the distance. Just inside the distance is the play. Yeah. Panny Kianzad taking on Alexis Davis. Alexis Davis. Women's underdog. Is it science, baby? Hakeem Dewadu versus Movzar Evliov. I'm Dewadu. 
you are the opposite end. Yes, I actually believe it's Evloev. I, I, I say it wrong all the time. I think it's actually Evloev. Um, but yeah, I'm on I'm on Evloev. All right, Lauren Murphy versus Joanna. Or Yo, I always want to call her Joanna. Joanne, Joanne, Joanne Caller. Yeah, Joanne Caller. Jo, Joanne Caller. Jo, jo, jo. Jojo. Jojo. Just go Jojo. Yeah, just make it simple. Yeah, Jojo versus Lauren Murphy. Uh, Lauren Murphy, Lauren Murphy inside the distance, Lauren Murphy by submission. What's that? What's that Lauren Murphy by sub prop at? Plus 2,600. Plus 2,600. Shout out to Corey for dropping that little nugget in our laps. Eric Anders, Darren Stewart. Eric Anders, stamp it. Drew Dober versus Brad Riddell. Dober. Dober, and by knockout, plus 475. Knockout, plus 475. Paul Craig, Jamahal Hill. Jamahal Hill. All right. All right. Yeah. Like I said, if you're on Craig, um, yeah. Yeah. Th this was a, yeah, this was a dogger pass. Yeah. This is dogger pass. If you're on pass, Craig. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Damian Maya, Bilal Muhammad. Um, nacho plate. Nacho over, plate. Over two and a half. Over two and a half nachos. Go the distance. Yeah. Fight to go the distance minus 135. There you go. Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz. Leon Edwards by bloody massacre. Leon Edwards by uncompetitive murder. <laughs> Davis and Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno. Figgy by knockout. Um, and I'm going to bring up the, the him in the second round here. Because um, I, I, he's finished, but before the draw, he finished four fights in a row um, inside of two rounds. And I, like I said, I fully expect him to come out and just. Let's see, method and round combo. Figueredo by knockout in the second round. That's a plus 850. So I'm just going to go Figueredo by finish at plus 150. I love it. I love it. Israel Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori. I'm all over Vittori here. Mm. I'm just, I'm, I'm on the dream, baby. I'm on the Italian dream. You can't tell me oh, shit right now. Over three and a half. Over three and a half. If Vittori wins, it's going to be. By dragging us on you through the mud, he's going to drown us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and that's that's a perfect recipe for an over. So that could that's good for Vittori. That's good. For, yeah, over over three and a half minus one fifty. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, let's put a bow on this bad boy. Um, do you have any parting shots? No. Perfect. All right, guys, if you don't if you don't already do so, please follow us on all social media channels at Punchless MMA. That's Instagram. That's Twitter. You can email us if you want to. If you're into that kind of thing, chat at Punchless MMA. Best way to support the show is by supporting the show sponsors. Go to stayclassymeats.com. Use promo code FIST. Save 10% on the entire thing. Go to allegianceclothing.com. Use promo code PUNCH. Save 15% site-wide. If you haven't already ordered your Tombstone Taylor Johnson official walkout tee with the Punchless logo on it, You've got one more week to do so. He's fighting June 25th on Bellator. Opponent to be determined later. But you can still go to Legion's Clothing. You can still scoop up the shirt. You can still save 15% by doing so. That's the best way to support the show. If you don't want to support the show financially in any way, shape, or form, which you're not ever obligated to do, please consider leaving us a review. Consider subscribing. Consider sh sharing the show. Whatever it is that you want to do, all that good stuff. Anytime you like, click, subscribe, share, do any of that shit, it helps the algorithms. In particular, on iTunes. If you go to iTunes, and leave that five-star review. That helps us out a ton. If you're on YouTube, like, subscribe, put a notification, the whole deal, all that shit. There's some freaking douchebag that every time we schedule a live, goes in and thumbs down it before the shit even happens. And I know who you are, you little fucking tool. And if I ever get my hands on you, I'm going to snap your neck. And I'm not an aggressive person anymore, but I'm telling you right now, when I see you, it's on sight, you little pencil neck dweeb. I'm fucking you up. Anyway, that's all I got. Um... 
Anyway, now that my blood pressure is rising, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate you stepping up on short notice. Uh, it, it means a lot that you did so. I just want to put my tray shirt on before I leave. I love that you have. I love that Got you have a Hawaiian shirt with the top button done. Yeah. Um, so real quick, uh, again, this was a, this was a different show. Trey was not here. Um, and Corey stepped in. We tried to get some other people to step in, but again, we we're trying to throw something together last minute. The reason why Trey's not here, and I'm just going to say this and I don't, he didn't give me permission to do this, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Right. Um, Trey's not here because, and you probably noticed a downtick in our social media presence last week because Trey's, um, dog took a turn for the worse and ultimately had to be put down. So Trey is in a rough spot, uh, understandably so. So he's dealing with that while we're, we're handling this until he feels better on that end, which is something that we, most of us can probably, uh, you know, relate to in one, sh one way, shape or form. So uh, while you're getting over that, whenever that may be, Trey, there's absolutely no rush. You can come back whenever you want. We love you and we miss you. Um, I will say this, I think it's awesome that uh, those of you that follow our show know that my dog of 14 years, Hoshi, uh, we lost her two years ago. And then Kira, obviously, Trey lost this week. Our dogs, all dogs go to heaven. Our dogs got to meet in person before we did. So that's that's really cool. Um, so I'm sure those two beach bums are kicking it up there, having a great time chasing tennis balls together. So thoughts and prayers to Trey and his family while they're dealing with that loss. We love you, man. We'll see you whenever you come back. If you guys have a dog, cat, hamster, whatever it is, or just a person that you love, give them a hug, give them a kiss, tell them you love them. Like I always say, be good to each other, and we'll see everybody next week. Can I say it? Oh, yeah, go ahead. 